0: Welcome to The Andy Griffin Show. Wake up. With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here.
1: It's The Andy Griffin Show. On News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Hi, everybody. I'm back. Yeah, it's uh, nine minutes after nine o'clock, and uh, I feel a bit refreshed. Rejuvenated after a week off. I missed you guys. Hope you got to catch some of my best of shows. I actually took a lot of time to select ones I thought that were cool and appropriate and fun, and uh, hopefully, like I said, you got to enjoy those. Uh, it's good to be back in the saddle again, though. No, I do have—you get two weeks of vacation a year, right? I took one. I'm going to take another one here in a few weeks, but uh, with just me and the wife, yeah, instead of the whole family. So that's going to be—that's going to be fun. Uh, Jack Lancaster joins me today on good morning air. hi
2: Jack What's hi how you doing man on, man it's good to see you good to see you too yeah, welcome life, back life is good you're looking
1: refreshed yeah I feel I feel much better good. Yeah, I was kind of fighting the cold. I think I was just too much, because we had, uh, you know, in the radio business, they have what they call rating sweeps, and mm-hmm. it's April, May, and June, Yeah, and nobody's allowed days off. Oh. And so I had gone, you know, consecutive days. I don't know how many consecutive days without taking a day off, and uh, I was, I, 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 my health was, I was getting a cold, just everything was kind of discombobulated for me, and to have the week off was really big, so
2: good Very important like I said everybody so. needs some time and it's good you're taking some one-on-one time with the misses
1: and and uh, yeah that, and that's in a couple of weeks yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm gonna go down to a place you're familiar with down there in Mexico oh really gonna so, yeah. oh. be fun but uh, I wanted to do a show today and uh, and I, I try to, to Center when Jack is on when you're on uh, uh, topics that you're kind of your. Your milieu, milieu, you yes, areas areas that you're uh, maybe not necessarily an expert on, but in areas that you've studied on and yeah. gotten, gotten to know a little bit. And today I wanted to talk about energy a little bit. Uh, and uh, it, I had planned this anyway, but it was funny around the the uh, the living room yesterday with some family in uh, in town visiting. Uh, we got talking about energy, renewable energy, electric cars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, it was a everybody was pretty into it i mean it was it was a pretty oh. hot topic as you might expect considering gas is still about five bucks a gallon yeah. so oh by the way before we go on uh national gas average is 467 or 468 uh-huh. in utah we're still paying 518 average yeah what the heck okay why are we 50 cents higher than the national well,
2: we've always been higher yes. i don't know if you've realized that actually costco was a 587 487? yesterday
1: 487 or 580 487 did yeah. i say
2: 5 yeah 4 yeah. So I, I noticed it was below the five dollar mark. So. It's going
1: down. I actually, when we were up in Salt Lake, had to fill up a tank, and we actually waited in line at a Costco, and I think it was Spanish Fork, yeah, because it was $4.95. and I was yeah. like, okay, under five, we're doing it. And yeah, probably spent a dollar or two or three. You saved a whole block on your
2: on your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you
1: going to do? Uh, I wanted to talk about before we get into the whole renewable energy thing. I want to talk about electric cars a little bit, and I'm going to make some people mad. And maybe, maybe you will, too. Maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you'll disagree with me. But uh, oh, that was a weird sound. Anyway, uh, electric cars, uh, Jack, are not the answer. No. Electric vehicles are not it. Now, there are people out there that want to buy a Tesla or there's other electric vehicles that are being offered. And they want to buy. I, I think they buy them because they're kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They're fast. They usually have pretty good handling. They're, they're
2: good acceleration.
1: Good acceleration. I don't yeah. like. I don't. Some of the Teslas are really good looking. I don't like the the, the little Tesla SUV thing. I no. think it's kind of. Good, no. Sorry about that if you have one, but um, but they're just not the answer. And uh, I I rented one when I went out to California uh, last year. It was it was fun? It was fun to drive. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, we had like a 200 mile range. We were staying in a, a condo thirty five miles out of San Diego. And guess what I had to do almost every day?
2: Charge, Drive into town to charge it? Charge the dad gum thing. Yeah.
1: And uh, if you go to an official Tesla charging station, mm-hmm. you can do it in maybe two hours, a little bit less. Okay. If you don't, if you go to an off brand or whatever charging station, we went we, we did it at a grocery store. They had some out out in the edge of the parking lot. I had it on for three or four hours and got like 50 miles out of it or something it was terrible it was awful so uh, as we talk about electric cars uh, there are some things some points i want to make first of all number one was what i just made if you buy one because it's cool and you, you like it more power to you i think that's fantastic Yeah, enjoy it i have a ford mustang convertible i bought it because i like it because it's cool because it's good looking mm-hmm. uh, it's not comfortable it's not uh super fast like the electric cars are it's not i'd I get blown away by a tesla off yeah. the line yeah that's fine uh but it's i i own it because i love it it's a beautiful car if you buy a tesla for that reason more power to you mm-hmm. way to go if you buy a tesla because you think you're saving the earth you're not no not it, compared to a gas car not, not even all. close yeah uh and so we want to talk a little bit about that um some of the issues, first of all, before we get into the environment and energy and stuff, uh, electric vehicles have some real image problems. Uh, first of all, uh, customers, the general public has not accepted them. I don't think they should.
2: Probably because of the cost of buying yeah. one.
1: Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's right up front there. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats are telling us to buy an electric vehicle to save the environment. They're, besides the second part of that, which is a fallacy, the first part of it is the cheapest electric ve- all electric vehicle you can buy that I've been able to find is fifty four thousand dollars. Right, the cheapest one.
0: Hmm.
1: Now you can go out and buy a Ford Edge or uh, a Hyundai Sonata for around twenty grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are gas powered these are combustion engines. Uh, Jack, I don't know about you, but Budget, you know how much I pay for something is important to me.
2: Absolutely, and you know because you've got to deal with your entire budget with your finances. You only mm-hmm. have a finite amount of money that you take in every yeah. month, as we all do. And um, you know when I was a when I was a salesperson here at the radio station at the group, I bought a natural gas car, a mm-hmm. uh, little Honda natural gas. And yeah. the reason I bought that was because natural gas was costing at the time about a dollar eighty seven a gallon equivalent and uh it it was a commuter car so it made sense uh once in a while i would drive it to salt lake city but i would had to refill in Scipio. and then once i got in salt lake city there was other natural gas stations but in utah it makes a lot more sense because utah was encouraging natural gas cars Um, and so what's i don't have a problem if somebody wants an electric vehicle because that's what they want for whatever reason they want it yeah if they think they're they're doing something wonderful for Mother Earth, it's going to have a similar or worse impact than a gasoline car for a number of different reasons. Yeah, and then let's get
1: into those in okay. just a second. There's a couple other problems. Resale on electric vehicles has been a nightmare. Nobody wants to buy a used electric vehicle mm. for obvious reasons. Well, they're probably the worried
2: about the battery life. Yeah, batteries
1: are getting on, and they cost like 12000 to replace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least. And so... Uh, the exorbitant price up front and then the, the uh, exorbitant price or the problem with resale and then replacing the batteries mm-hmm. are, are, are two two big problems. Uh, the ranges of, of, of the vehicles. Now, now, they're getting better, I'm told. But like I said, I rented one 200 miles was, was the range. And, and it yeah. said 300. You know, factory recommend whatever mm-hmm. said 300. Well, I guess if you go 15 miles an hour, You could probably get 300 miles out of it.
2: (laughs) If you're on flat ground. Yeah,
1: flat ground. Or downhill, you could do even better. Downhill, yeah. (laughs) But the range uh, was ridiculous. Now, the average uh, combustion engine gets, what, 350 or so? Usually about 300 a tank minimum, yeah. you three, know, for a tank of yeah. And there are bigger tanks and cars yeah. that will go further and yeah. things like that. But usually three. I always told my wife, I said, I wouldn't mind an electric vehicle, not because I'd be saving the environment, but because it's kind of cool. Uh-huh. But I'm never going to get one until they get their range up over 350 or 400. Right. Because, uh, it takes longer to charge them than to just, I mean, five minutes to fill a tank with gas, right? Right. Electric right. vehicles, you're talking about at least an hour. And that's if you, you know, if all, all everything is ideal, all situations are ideal, you're talking a minimum of an hour to mm-hmm. recharge it. Uh, and I just, I don't know who has that kind of time. How, how valuable is your time? Well, for?
2: that's the thing. You know, if you're, I think right now they're good for a commuter car. Mm-hmm. If you can plug it in at your house at night. And then do everything you need to do bouncing around town during the day. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. It, you can you can use it in thinking. of it. But if you're, if you're using it for, like, pulling anything like a truck or going long distances, you know, just plan on, like you said, taking that break every hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And staying for another hour and a half, two hours to charge and doing it again.
1: It's not worth the trade. No. It. If you say I wanted to drive to Salt Lake with an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right, and it has a range of 200 miles. That means I'm going to have to stop at least one time. Yeah,
2: you'll stop it at Scipio.
1: Before I get there (laughs) to charge it. And how long is it going to take to charge? Well, if I find an official Tesla charging, maybe, like I said, between one and two hours. Right. If I don't, if I find an offer, it's going to be hours and hours. And
2: what's the cost if you're in a Tesla with a non-Tesla charging station? I've heard those are... Yeah. Um... Mm -hmm. Like 80 bucks or $180 for a 50-mile yeah. charge or something like that? I, I, I
1: don't, don't even know. know. I, I know it's not. I, it's
2: really it's not expensive. Free. It's not free. And, and, and I've <laughs> seen that they've had some that have diesel generators right there.
1: <clears throat> the irony involved yeah. with that. <laughs> so, okay. So we got exorbitant <laughs> costs, no resale value whatsoever. Uh, and then you've got the limited ranges. Now let's talk about energy. And I have had... I can't tell you how many people have said, I'm going to buy an electric car because I, it's good for the environment. It makes me feel better about I'm saving Mother Earth. And, and that's where Jack's expertise comes in. Jack, you want to talk okay. a little bit about that? Why is that flawed thinking?
2: Well, you know, the, the where does the labor come from? Where do the minerals come from for those uh, batteries?
1: Well, they're magic crystals from they're, fairies, right? They're,
2: you know, they're nope. lithium. There's a lot of uh, uh, d- d- uh, other rare earth elements that come from slave labor markets in, nice. I think, China and Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you've got... Uh, i don't know you you've got the dis- what about the disposal problem and what happens when you get in a car accident hmm. you know is there is there going to be uh, toxic chemicals that's going to be getting on you I, I you know i mean compared to maybe a gasoline accident yeah there's fire and there's gasoline okay yeah. i get it but i don't know if one's worse than the other honestly i don't know yeah.
1: do they have to call a hazmat crew every time there's a? who knows I don't, yeah. know, I don't
2: know you know uh and does it total the car completely or can it be repaired you know and right. who's going to do that job? Who's going to do that work? Is the corner gas? Is the corner repair guy going to be able to to fix that, or the body shop?
1: Do you know anything about this? Because li- they're most of them are lithium ion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you
2: know anything about that
1: particular mineral? It's I, I've heard it's pr- it's relatively rare.
2: Yeah, it's quite rare, and hmm. it's it's expensive, and a lot of it is mined in uh, in third world countries using slave labor or child labor. Hmm. And so, I, I don't think we're getting ahead there. Now, if you're a real greenie, you're going to say, well, I'm powering my electric vehicle with wind and solar. Are you? Are you? Really? You know,
0: and, yeah, and you know, are... we can
2: get into that world. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, uh, what's wind doing? And, and he, where does electricity come from when the wind doesn't blow, for example? Hmm. Um, uh, for example, I've got a nephew that works up at the Delta power plant, right. the coal power plant up there. The I think they went to plant. natural gas yeah. I went, or they're converting. He says they've got to send electricity to the – there's a wind farm. Right up the road from them about five miles or ten miles. Wait, they miles. have to do what? They have. <laughs> on days the wind doesn't blow, they have to send electricity up to the wind farm. Because if they don't, then it'll deprogram all the computers <laughs> on the <laughs> wind have farm.
1: They power from yeah. gas or coal uh-huh. to the wind farms, which are supposed
2: to be producing power. Right. Because
1: there's not enough wind right. to keep their computers on.
2: Right. Yes. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Well, and then you can't recycle the wind blades right they just right. have to be buried and they have a buried. they have a limited lifespan these things are huge and they're huge and they kill you know they kill eagles and hawks and you know bats and things that are you know and the thing i don't understand for example the country of germany used to be uh used to have a lot of nuclear power plants right and they got rid of them all they went to solar and wind but guess what it doesn't do in northern europe very much it doesn't sunshine a lot. No, it doesn't. Very a, cloudy, lot of place. fog and clouds. Yes. And, and the wind, not much. So now they're burning really poor grade coal hmm. to make up for the for the electricity that they're not getting from nuclear that they dismantled. They're actually exporting more CO2 now than they ever have. Because they went green. But they
1: converted to save the environment, Jack. That's exactly
2: <laughs> yeah. what they did. They converted to save the environment. And now they've got strip mining on these coal fields. Uh, they're burning this, uh, this dirty. Plus, they you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, the natural gas they get comes from Russia.
1: Oh, great. The ones that are invading Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and we know that Germany and Russia always have always had a very peaceful relationship yes, over history. Yes, they, they love each and other. And they never, they never fight over anything. So... <laughs>
1: Oh man, I, 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 I'm still kind of trying to understand why everything that is logical doesn't make sense anymore to the powers that be. We left is right, right is left, uh, up is down, down is up. You know, gas is expensive. Oh, but the but the the economy is doing great. We're we're thriving right now. Uh-huh. But but uh, loaf of bread costs four dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well,
2: okay. <laughs> there's so much going on right now that's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to pick a spot and start. Right. But with this green stuff, it's a big part of why things are screwed up right now with this green energy situation. Because you know, wind and solar is is not going to cut it. Um, if we're going to go if we're going to go green, and, and I can make the argument we don't necessarily need to. I mean, right. there's dirty. And and you can you can okay coal is dirty it puts particulates up in the air it causes you know other issues with with uh, uh, sulfur and yeah. other items but natural gas is a perfect alternative. See, I can argue with you that CO two is not necessarily a bad thing for the planet. Right. If we um, uh, uh, if we uh, the Earth is greening, you can look at NASA's got a uh, got a world map about the greening of the Earth in the last forty or fifty years. And it has greened by a significant amount, especially in uh, China and India, where there all the coal fired plants are, because they're 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 sucking in all that CO two and making more plant material. Hmm. You know. Uh, CO, higher CO two concentrations in the atmosphere make plant makes plants more drought resistant. And so you got the marginal areas along the Sahara called the Sahel. Mm-hmm. And part of that is greening more because the plants are getting more CO two. And so the little pores that open up to, to absorb the CO2 to make photosynthesis, to, to pull out the carbon and the oxygen, the XL heart oxygen, and they, and they take the carbon with the sunlight and the minerals out of the ground and the water, and they make their plant fibrous material out of that. They, they don't have to open those pores for as long or as much, and so less water escapes out of those pores hmm. on the plant leaf. So the leaves, the the plants are more drought-resistant when there's a higher CO2 concentration in the atmosphere. Greenhouse growers import CO2 into their greenhouses to make their plants grow faster. Really? Yes. It's Mm. plant food. We live in a carbon cycle. You've heard of the carbon cycle. Sure. Carbon is the basis of all life on the planet. Exactly. And in fact, oil and coal and natural gas, all of that is basically solar radiation, solar power that's been stored as a battery in the form of fossil fuels, for millions and millions of years
1: but if you try to tell somebody that that does not believe that that's where the energy s-
2: came from was the sun but they don't buy it Wow well, but well, that's solar
1: solar and, no, but and, that, and wind that's
2: all that matters so you know what they're <laughs> it, sometimes you can't argue with stupidity I guess.
1: <laughs> no, it's worth <laughs> worth thing you yeah. know
2: we can have a conversation about it and, and it, it's a fact that, that that plants eat co2 and exhale oxygen right that's why we have an oxygen rich atmosphere and uh co2 is only 420 parts per million anyway Which so really, in a stadium really of 100,000 people that is or a stadium of 10,000 people that's 42 people that's 42 out of out of 10,000 parts per per whatever so and we've increased it it, it was it was 180 parts per million before the Industrial Revolution, now we're at 420. If we wouldn't have started the Industrial Revolution with fossil fuels, if we would have let, let's say for some reason we developed and and we didn't excel CO2 into the atmosphere, do you know what would have happened in another, I don't know, about a million years? That slide, that 180, because CO2 was going down for the past 10 million years on Earth, Hmm. this concentration. It's because plants and, and the sea creatures that make shells, uh... The hard shells, like the clams and the mm-hmm. and the corals and stuff of the earth, they absorb CO2 out of the ocean, and then the ocean absorbs CO2 out of the atmosphere. Once you get down to 150 parts per million of CO2, plants die. Hmm. So we were looking at the death of all plants on earth at 150 parts per million. It was down to 180, and then when we started the, the industrial revolution, burning fossil fuels, we turned that around and went back up, and right now we're at about 420. So, so the, plants would have died unless we came along and started the industrial revolution.
1: It's kind of the opposite of what everyone's it thinking. It kind of is. Talk. Yeah.
2: Mm. So wow. if you want to look at it that way.
1: Well, that's a good way to look at it.
2: I, I know let's, we're not off, we're off EV cars, I know. But if you want an EV car, if you want an electric car, get one. Yeah. But if you think you're saving the planet, you're not.
1: No. It's we're and, just, and, and be prepared for the inconvenient things that we talked about up front, the fact that you're going to pay more for the car mm-hmm. up front, you're probably not going to be able to resell it, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to wait a significant amount of time to charge it. Even right. Even if you plug it in overnight, the Tesla I had, we plugged it in overnight, you, you only gain like, I want to say it was 40 miles, no, not even 40, it was like 10 miles of charge per hour charge on a home conversion 10 charge. miles
2: per hour on a home So if you charger. slept for
1: nine hours... You got ninety miles, 90 added miles. to your charge yeah. is all, hmm. and that's. <laughs> I mean, if you're only going to go sixty or seventy in a day, I guess that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you want to go to Zion or you want to go to, you know, Salt Lake or you want to go to Powell, so the the wanna... thing
2: is, is is if you're if you drive around uh, and you have a commuter car and that's your electric car, that would make sense, and you'd have to have a gasoline car to do your road trips with.
1: You'd have to, you know, or
2: pull your toys with. You'd have to. So you're still going to have to have gasoline anyway. Yep. It's not going to replace it.
1: It's true. One quick thought as we end this. uh, I I don't recommend electric vehicles for your average person, but I'm not against them. If you want to have one and you're, you're prepared for those problems we just talked about, then fine. What about, real quick, any thoughts on hybrid vehicles? I mean...
2: Well, it's, my son uh, it's
1: owns a, one, and he likes his.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you've got the best of both worlds, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, you've got your battery power for for uh, when you have low, uh, low speed, yeah. low speed, Stop and, and then you've got your gasoline to kick in when you need it. So it makes the gasoline basically it's a ga- gasoline uh, engine. It's a gasoline car that's just configured in a way that makes it more efficient.
1: It seems like so, a, a, an actually a really good answer to those yeah. who want to help the environment perhaps but also not have to worry about having to charge it all the time because the yeah. the combustion engine
2: charges it charges the, the battery the electric battery yeah. while it's going so yeah
1: all right we uh, get a weather break in we'll take some phone calls when we come back and we'll talk about those windmills
0: uh yeah those windmills right after this this is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next.
1: Oh, Clay, we're not done yet, though. Come on, man. Andy Griffin here live with you today. Back after a week off. I feel rejuvenated and better. I spent a good part of the week with my two grandchildren, which was really, really cool. <laughs> Do
2: you have grandkids yet, Jack? No.
1: No grandkids? Not yet. Yeah. yet. No. This is pretty cool. They don't. even though
2: I look like it, I'm still not a grandpa. <laughs> you're
1: you're slightly older than me. Yeah, but no yeah. grandbabies. Nope.
2: So. I started late.
1: Well, I have. Uh, I actually have five kids, and three of them are married. But I only have the the one son has two. Number two son has two kids. The others don't yet. So, yeah, I figure there will be a whole bunch of them down the road eventually. But right now, uh-huh. just enjoying those twins. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, but. I I hear a lot of new grandparents say they they love being a grandparent yeah, so, yeah it's
1: it's a very cool feeling uh the the kids don't they, they don't at two years old These they just barely turn to my grandkids so they don't they don't acknowledge that you know you're the grandparents and you're special and they should be with you they just are just enjoyable just to be around because that, at that age two years yeah. old they're just yeah. you know everything's an adventure so very fun yeah. very fun, excellent so we're talking energy today uh, we talked electric vehicles for a little while and hybrid vehicles, very short bit on that. Let's talk, though, about where we get our energy. Uh, and this is another area where Jack is really uh, well well studied, well versed. Okay, thank you. In I'll the take area that. Of, of energy. Uh, how realistic, we'll say on vehicles for a minute, how realistic is it to have a nuclear powered car, a hydrogen powered car, or maybe a. a uh, While well, fusion is where we're at, or a fission-powered so, car,
2: um, a hydrogen-powered car, as using hydrogen as a fuel to run it through a combustion engine, mm-hmm. uh, is completely doable. Is it? And in fact, yeah, they, they have. So hydri- not,
1: we're not talking nuclear. We're talking about hydrogen-powered. Yeah. Combust- no, you, would, you wouldn't want a nuclear engine. car.
2: No, okay, that wouldn't work. Uh, but a hydrogen-powered car, uh, the, the problem would be because you've got to compress the, the hydrogen gas mm-hmm. down to a liquid and then run that around in your tank in your car, which is uh, uh, hydrogen, I think, expands b- between a liquid and a gas like, I don't know, 900 times the volume or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so you, it's, yeah, it's you kind of... That. Yeah. So, you know, gasoline is more stable. You know, it's it's less, you know, you, you you punch a hole in that hydrogen tank or you get a leak somewhere. Then, you know, worst case, uh, best case scenario, you just lose all your fuel because it just leaks out. Or worst case scenario, it finds an ignition source and boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: we don't want that. But,
2: you know, they, they have hydrogen powered cars out there. They exist. And okay. um, the problem is making hydrogen because it costs more energy to make hydrogen than you get out of it when you burn it. Really? Yeah. So you could, t- theoretically, you could fill up your, your tank with water. But you'd need an electrical uh, source to electrolyte, uh, there's a word I'm missing. Electrify? No, electrolyte. Anyway, to separate the hydrogen from the oxygen. Oh, I see. Okay, Okay. in water, for example. And then once you've done that, then you can store the hydrogen and and, uh, use it. So the problem is you need more power than it costs to separate that. It would be more efficient just to use that power source to drive your car around. For example,
1: so, so is the technology going to advance someday where that would be more feasible? So
2: it would be. Uh, for example, there's a new nu- nuclear technology called molten salt reactors and molten uh, salt MSRs, reactors. Okay. molten salt reactors, and they're working on them now. So, for example, a, a, a nuclear power plant that you see that they're trying to they're going to shut down Diablo Canyon in California, which is hysterical, because they already do not have enough power. And, and, they're going to shut down a and it's power. and it's non. It doesn't emit any CO two. Hmm. They just they they just can't wrap their heads around uh, nuclear power Those because big
1: cooling cooling towers look bad.
2: Well, <laughs> no, it, it, they're afraid of the radiation. And 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 if you hmm. go back through history, there's been less than a hundred people killed in the entire world in the entire history of nuclear power.
0: Hmm.
2: Producing nuclear power. Now, how many people have been killed on on oil rigs or on uh, uh you know shipping container you know or, you know in, in, in the yeah. natural gas or and not the natural gas but in the oil in the, in the fossil fuel industry you know coal mines and such how many people have been killed if you look at that uh building uh, uh hydroelectric dams you know they got this beautiful monument down here at hoover dam of all the people that died building that yeah and not that's to say that, that there's but, but the, the the whole problem with with uh uh nuclear power is so overblown because they're so afraid of the of the because we built bombs out of it yeah. And so they associate the bombs with the power plant. Anyway, yeah. the molten salt reactor uh, does not use high pressure. So uh, 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 Fukushima, for example, uh, the reason it failed is because the, the tsunami uh, killed the power grid that was maintaining the uh, the, the control rods. Mm-hmm. Well, you had a little bit of a runaway reaction. The heat built up, and the heat uh, overpowered the containment. And it wasn't... And it was in the form of steam and 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 there was so much heat that the water separated, and you had a hydrogen gas bubble at the top okay and then when it when it released and the hydrogen ignited and so it wasn't a, it wasn 't a uh, from the water and so it wasn 't a nuclear failure it was a failure of the and the people and there, and nobody died from that. Uh, people died because they they uh, eliminated or rather they evacuated. A couple of hospitals in the area with with uh, intensive care people and put them into school gymnasiums and they died because it's they were evacuated idea. from the area and they didn't need to be. Hmm. Okay, so that's there's that. A molten salt reactor will will give us all the electricity we need. It can be continuously refueled because the the, the fuel is in the form of a liquid at at uh, at at natural atmosphere pressure. So. Um, the nuclear power has to be in a inside a pressure vessel, at about one or two hundred times atmospheres, to hold the water into a water state instead of it escaping into steam because it's in such high heat. Okay. Do you understand? So the sure. so the hotter you get water, it wants to boil off. But if yeah, you keep it under pressure, a cast, it stays yeah. as a, as a liquid. And then you shoot it through your your heat exchangers, and then you get uh, you run it through your turbine and you get electricity. That's how you get it. A molten salt reactor does not use um, it doesn't need a pressure vessel. It can be eighteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit as a liquid with the with the uh, uranium two hundred and thirty five, the the uh, thorium in there, mm-hmm. and and it can recirculate that heat, but it's under normal pressure.
1: Why why doesn't it get why doesn't steam form? Pardon me. Why doesn't steam form? Why doesn't it turn into a gas? Well, it's, it's salt. Because so, it's really salty. It's salt. It's molten salt. <laughs> so it's not water. It's salt.
2: So- it's liquid salt. Liquid and salt. then you run a hmm. heat exchanger with water through that, because okay. it's really hot. It's fifteen hundred degrees. Yeah. Run that through uh, and run that heat exchanger out uh, to your turbines, and you run that steam through your turbines you generate electricity. Hmm. They're going to be so efficient at this, and there's more thorium on the planet than there is uranium, for example. Mm-hmm. And to get not to get too technical, but you can use thorium as a fuel with uranium, and you can turn thorium into uranium through the through the process. Okay. And it makes more fuel, so you come out of this process with with uh, with as much fuel as you put in. You can we can use the the spent uh, fuel from nuclear power plants and defense. uh, uh, you know, all the nuclear subs and, and aircraft carriers are, uh, that the U.S. has. We can use that spent fuel to burn in these reactors. And once it's all done, then the amount of spent nuclear fuel is about, I don't know, 10 times less the the, the volume of what it was when you put it in. Oh, wow. Okay, because it's, it's much more efficient.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: thorium is found all over the world. And it's... Uh, You'll you'll be able to, if, if they put these things out there and they build them, and they can build them on a, on a mass scale like in a factory and then just plant them, okay? We could have enough electricity. It would cost you $10 to power your house for a year. Wow. You know, that's how cheap it would so, be.
1: So how close are we to this being a reality?
2: China's working on it, of course. Of course. So is India. <laughs> so is Indonesia. Um, we are not yet. Uh, in fact, I think Bill Gates is... They're working on an experiment up in Wyoming uh, hmm. to do this. The, this technology has been around since the 1950s. The Oak Ridge Labs in Missouri was a defense lab, national defense lab. They developed this technology to see if it would work in a in a in a bomber, and it doesn't because you end up polluting the <laughs> all the all the nuclear material goes out the tail end. <laughs> you they know, that. yeah. yeah, that's not good. So so this is old technology. There's uh, two or three companies in the United States that are, that are developing it. One is Flybe Energy, and a guy named Kirk Sorensen. If you want to watch some YouTube videos and get real excited, uh, Kirk Sorensen. He's a Utah guy. Okay. And sounds uh, like it, Sorensen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can you can find out what what possibility there is for molten salt reactors uh, using thorium as a as a, a as a part of a fuel cycle in in uranium.
1: And and, and again, this is. How far away do you think? I mean, if China is serious about it, well, the technology is there.
2: there. Uh, uh, Oak Ridge National Labs ran one of these reactors for five years. Hmm. So, but wh- why didn't it catch on? What- because the, the so the Defense Department was was building up nuclear uh, for the purpose of building bombs, and and so the race was through for, was for defense
0: hmm.
2: instead of using it for so power generation is kind of. Was an offshoot of that, and they use what they needed was they needed the to get the plutonium, plutonium and the U two thirty five uranium two um, thirty five, which you can mine the uranium two thirty five and it's naturally occurring, but it's very rare. It's like burning gold; <laughs> it's, it's that rare. <laughs> yeah, uh, the plutonium is made as a result of certain types of uh, of uh, reactions inside a reactor. So you've got reactors that will create plutonium as a byproduct. And you've got other react and then you can use that to, to burn uh, in, a, in a reactor or you can use it to make a bomb which is why they don't want to the whole nuclear proliferation thing is a big deal right which we yeah. don't want more countries getting bombs we we're all uh, in on that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can also do the uh, you can also mine uranium-235 so it's an isotope of uranium-238 which is more common but uranium-235 is within it and you have to separate it so it's it's quite a process. Most countries that are trying to develop a bomb are trying to get uranium two thirty five out of the ground, separate it. But it's extremely rare, and mm-hmm. it, but it occurs with uranium two okay. thirty eight. Not making any sense to the listener here.
1: Okay, I, I don't know if it is or not. So we're, we're, <laughs> right now we're I got off lot, the
2: subject completely. <laughs> right now we're a lot more
1: worried about nuclear power versus nuclear and so bombs. So the point
2: is, is if yeah. you had a bunch of nuclear power plants, you would cut the CO two if that if that worries you. You would have more energy at a cheaper cost. And the reason why nuclear is so expensive isn't because of the uh, – part of it is the design because you have to really over-engineer these things for safety reasons. Another part is that it takes so long, and the reason it takes long is because the government agencies make make it take long. They make it more difficult than it needs to be.
1: Oh, like just about everything yes, that the federal government does. they absolutely make it does. more
2: difficult, like everything.
1: Try building a pipeline for right. five miles. You're going to have a 1,000-page report.
2: Because they shut so. down these plants. The Democrat types will shut down these plants because they, 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 they have an irrational and illogical fear of the danger of one of these things. Hmm. And, and, but the fact is it's the most cleanest, most reliable type of electricity that we have. It's right there with hydropower. As far as clean and reliable all is, the time,
1: isn't that ironic that the the thing that if, if you're into saving the planet, the thing that would really help save the planet the most is the thing they're most against.
2: Well, when you say save the planet, that's assuming that C O two is going to kill right. the planet, which it won't. Right. It just feeds the plants.
1: But but it, I mean, their their whole deal. We have to save the planet for future generations. Mm-hmm. Well, nuclear power will do that.
2: Nuclear but, power, but they're, will absolutely they're afraid do that. of it
1: but they're afraid of it. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. All right, let's take another commercial break. <laughs> uh, as most of the democratic platform doesn't make any yeah. sense. We'll be right back. The show always goes really fast when Jack Lancaster is on. I don't know if it's cuz he uses really big words and it takes longer it's or a, if uh, it's, it's a time warp, on. Andy. <laughs> I bring my time warp.
2: I bring my special relativity bubble with me.
1: <laughs> That's okay, as <laughs> long as you don't start singing anything from uh, what was that show? The time warp was from uh, Rocky Horror Picture. Oh, show I never or saw that. Yeah, still, <laughs> silliness. Uh But uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. Of Jack Lancaster with me, Andy Griffin today, and you're on. Who's this? Good morning. This is Steve. Hey, Steve. How you doing, man?
0: Um, well, a uh, couple of points about what you discussed today. First of all, uh, one of the things that most people aren't aware of is that there's not a solar farm or a wind farm that was built that wasn't subsidized by government money. Yeah, yes. None of these would have been built because they're not economically feasible. They don't they make don't money. They don't right. right? And so the government, of course, is forcing all of this on us which leads to, and of course the reason they can do that is because the government continually prints money, which dilutes the value, and that's why we're paying $5 a gallon, is because there's too many dollars floating around in our economy. Yeah. But so, so realize that there is no uh, sense behind any of this solar or wind. It's all about control. And that's exactly why uh, nuclear is no longer viable, because the government has made it such They don't want us to have unlimited, cheap, clean energy because they want to control us. They don't want us living the lives we live. They want us eating bugs instead of meat. They want us riding bicycles instead of driving cars. This is about control. And until we acknowledge that and understand it, we're not going to be able to uh, really come up with uh, an effort to push back against this because, the government has convinced too many people that we're all going to die. I uh, think Greta Thunberg, for example, um, you know, this is uh, this is about 100 about control, and the only reason the government can do this is because they have fraudulently printed uh, illegal money, flooded it, and so they have. Yeah, they just sent what 450 billion dollars to, uh, to Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. They have bastardized our money. And until we acknowledge these things and make them a part of the conversation, you know, we're just spinning our wheels.
2: Well, that's what we do here. We spin our wheels, buddy. <laughs> well, let's stop. Feels like it. Yeah. Well, you let's know, I, I, I enjoy coming in with Andy and talking once a week. It's a, it's a release for me because I think the, the biggest thing that we have to do as individuals and as parents, at least what I do, is I try to project a positive possibility for my kids. And say, look, you know, guys, the world is not coming to an end. They predict, they've predict; they been predicting the end of the world since it began. And um, as as bad as things are here in the United States, we do have certain self-correcting mechanisms. You know, we still have somewhat of a free, free market economy. And you're right. Without government subsidies, none of these wind farms, none of these solar farms would work. Uh, in my mind, it would make a hell of a lot more sense instead of chewing up Hundreds of thousands of acres out here in the desert in, in solar panels and and in solar farms uh, like the one down in California that burns the birds when they fly through the yeah. to the thing. Uh, put solar panels on the tops of everybody's homes, you know, on the roofs. I mean, if
0: well, they already do that, Jack, and the government but, pays you to do
2: it. I know, and I, and they shouldn't. Okay, they shouldn't do that because the free market should take care of everything, and. You know, there's precious little that us as individuals can do. I think if, when we get together when, uh, with groups, uh, we can make a bigger uh, a bigger impact. And the way we do that is by education and and uh, and getting people to get curious about how the real world works. You know.
1: You know, I, I had a, a solar panel salesman guy come to my house mm-hmm. and give us the whole spiel. You know, it took an hour, yeah. and I, I, most of the time I was checking my watch or keeping an eye on a ball game or something, but. Uh, One of his big selling points was exactly what you guys were talking about. He was like, hey, you know what, solar's this and solar's that and, you know, it lasts this long and whatever. And he says, oh, and by the way, the government will write you a check after a certain amount Mm -hmm. of time or after a certain amount of whatever if you get this. And I I remember sitting there thinking, wait, that's one of his main sales points is that I'm going to get money from the government
0: to do this? That's because it makes no sense any other way no one would put a solar system on their house because it costs way more money than the return benefit. Yeah. But there is, there is a solution to all of this, and it goes back, Jack, you were talking about education. Right. The reason we're in this mess is because the average American does not understand the Constitution, which is the law of the land. We are ignorant to it, and because we elect people who are also ignorant to it, we wind up where we are today. We have the federal government is involved in so many things that are unconstitutional. If we had senators and representatives that actually understood that, maybe we could begin to roll this back. But as long as we elect people and and Chris Stewart's one of them, I know he's one of your favorite, Andy. You know that he votes against the Constitution 50 percent of the time. If I only cheated on my wife 50 percent of the time, would you consider me a a good uh, husband?
2: No, probably not. Probably not.
0: <laughs> so, so that's I, I would
2: solution. consider you with too
0: much time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, but, But the solution is in our hands. We're the reason why we have this mess, because we don't understand the law of the land. So why don't we all stop, take a few weeks, read the Constitution, take some classes on it. There's plenty of them out there that would help us understand what the Constitution actually says, and then vote people into office, even your mayor, your city council. These people, most of them, have no idea what the Constitution says, and yet they all swear an oath. This is our fault. Let's get off the couch, let's understand what the law is, and let's start putting constitutional people in office.
1: And, you know, one thing I will say, though, about that, Steve, is, I mean, you talk about Chris Stewart, and, and this isn't about him, but this is about the idea, when you get... An election and you've got a choice between three or four people sometimes sad as it may be the choice might be the lesser of two evils or the one that maybe is closer to the ideals that you want uh you know and and i i don't i don't want to say you it's know, too too late you no, know to, but, to but, but right i also people. think but, that
2: you know uh, chris stewart is a kind of guy that uh, when he makes a bad vote for example that we can say, "Hey, dude, what the heck was that all about? Why are we doing this?" Mm-hmm. And uh, make him accountable for the votes that are, let's say, um, uh, against the Constitution. There's no reason that they that a guy like that, if if he wants to keep his job, would not if enough voices came after him on those True. votes that he wouldn't uh, adjust his position. Good point. All right, Seth, we got one minute, and
1: then we're out of time. What's up?
0: Everything Steve said I agree
1: Uh-oh, with. Uh-oh, Seth, Seth, call me right back, okay? So, call me right back. It's weird. I've, I've, I've had Seth on hold many times, and yeah. he comes across fine, but this time I put him on hold. It sounded and, like
2: he was sucking on his some helium uh, yeah, right
1: there. a little Donald Duck thing. Call me right <laughs> back. Okay, Seth, go go ahead now. You should be fine.
0: All right. Um, everything Steve said I agree with 100%, and I don't think we should tolerate over and over again, oops, I made a mistake. I've tested every person in office about their constitutional knowledge. They're swearing an oath to God that they break almost instantaneously. Mm. There's no Mm. consequence. Nobody loses their job. It's business as usual. I don't care what you say. I care what you do. And when you violate your oath, you need to be removed on the spot.
1: Hmm. That seemed like that'd be awful hard to do, Seth. We're out of time. Thanks for calling. Kind of, kind of weird transition. We went from energy to constitution. Well,
2: there, it's because they're all, believe it or not, they are all interconnected. They are. They really are. They are. Because it's, it comes down to freedom.
1: Is it all about control?
2: It comes it, down to freedom, and perfect public relations, and personal responsibility. Yeah,
1: you're right. He's Jack Lancaster. He's on every other Monday right here on the Andy Griffith Show. We're out
0: of time. Tomorrow, we're going to talk fitness for those of us who really, really need it.